You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is it, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 161 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm Dylan Lark, I boy tank on Twitter slash X. I must apologize for my absence on the last episode of the show. Uh, I had a massive migraine that struck, so I was not able to attend the last episode. But shout out to Harrison Tarr for locking it down and Jacob Hillman for hopping on as well. And we'll get started with today. We're just extending thoughts and prayers out to the family of Terry Beasley. Uh, he passed away yesterday, uh, a legend of Auburn athletics. His numbers retired. He has, he holds many records uh, to still holds them to this very day. That's when I extend thoughts and prayers out to the Beasley family as it goes through this loss. But to get started with the show, uh, Auburn has hired their defensive coordinator, has finally finished out this coaching staff as Hugh Freeze has hired DJ Durkin, the former defensive coordinator and linebackers coach of Texas A&M and has an extensive history coaching all over the place. And I'm just trying to pull up his Wikipedia as we speak so I can read out all of his experience because it is extensive. So started off in 2001 as a graduate assistant at Bowling Green, 2003 GA at Notre Dame. Then he starts coaching positions, DNs at Bowling Green from 05, and then Bowling Green linebackers coach in 06. Stanford defensive ends and special teams coach from 07 to 09. He was at Florida as a linebackers coach from 2010 to 2012, got promoted to defensive coordinator and linebackers coach 2013-2014, was the interim head coach at Florida in 2014, D.C. and linebackers coach at Michigan in 2015, uh, def- defensive coordinator at Maryland from 2016 to 2018. He worked with as a consultant at the Atlanta Falcons in 2019, and then 2020 to 2021, he came back to the SEC, was a co-defense coordinator and linebackers coach at Ole Miss. 2022 and 2023, Texas A&M, defensive coordinator and linebackers coach as well. And now he has been hired to the Auburn Tigers as their defensive coordinator, and I presume also working alongside the linebackers. I think this is a great hire for Auburn's uh, and for Hugh Freeze. You get a guy who uh, really builds off of what Ron Roberts did well. It kind of does what Ron Roberts wasn't able to get done. Uh, his, his, DJ Jerkin is going to be working alongside Charles Kelly, who is a defensive backs guy. And, of course, Durkin is more of a front seven guy. So I think it rounds out perfectly. You finally get two coordinators who mesh well together. Uh, that have strengths in the other one's uh, weakness, per se. And it really helps that Auburn's going to have two guys coaching positions. You're going to have Zach Ethers who's going to mainly be the defensive backs coach, and Charles Kelly also helping out with the defensive backs. And then DJ Durkin helping out with the, with the linebackers as well as Josh Aldridge. Uh, but looking at Texas A&M stats from last year, they had 42 sacks last season. Uh, and that was the key factor to AM's success defensively. They weren't a great pass defense, but their run defense was very good. And you saw that from the defensive line play. Ed Edgren Cooper had eight sacks last year, followed by Shamar Turner, who had six. And then Fadil Diggs had four. And then it goes down to Walter Nolan, McKinley Jackson, Tarin York with four and three all the way down the list. But it, a lot of different players getting getting in in the backfield and getting those sacks and something Auburn didn't really have last year. They, of course they had 31 sacks, uh, but it seems that with DJ Jerkin is going to have a lot of mix ups in his, in his formations and definitely going to be a key factor in getting the linebackers prepared and ready to go. Uh, Cause that was a position last year that Auburn wasn't really uh, at their strongest at. 
because uh, after Eugene Asante and Austin Keys left the, left the field, you had a hit or miss kind of day with Larry Nixon, and then other times you just you had Wesley Steiner and uh, and, and Cam Riley who never really caught up with with the other linebackers on the team. But I think it's a great hire. I, I do think it's a home run hire. I, and I looking at the coaching staff, I think that Hugh Freeze hit on all cylinders uh, for what he wants to do. Uh, he has uh, Derek Nix to help out with recruiting. Uh, DJ Durkin has been a very good recruiter as well during his time. And, it, and Charles Kelly as well, of course, winning 24-7's recruiter of the year. Definitely hitting where he wants to build a program at. You have guys who are going to be help build a program through recruiting as well as helping out on the field. Derek Nix, of course, not going to be a play calling offensive coordinator, but definitely going to be a one of the main recruiters. And uh, even though the loss of Trevon Reed and Cadillac and and Zach Etheridge really really hurt, and sorry, I said Zach Etheridge earlier. I meant Weston McGriff. Uh, with the, with those three losses, it was kind of uh, a a panic it's in most of the fan base's eyes is this is going to hurt recruiting this is a bad look but on the recruiting end i definitely think that Hugh freeze has definitely improved uh through those three positions so i do think the dd jerkin is a great hire and i do think that it meshes pretty well with charles kelly so it's gonna be a lot of fun to see how this goes out through the spring uh and of course time will only tell how good this team is going to be but I do think that Hugh Freeze made the correct hires that he needed to make. I know that DJ Durkin was rumored before, uh, like last week, I think it was rumored that it was going to be DJ Durkin. Uh, and then it finally got made official two nights ago, uh, as it's been recorded two nights ago. Uh, I, and again, I just think it's a good, really good hire. Uh, a guy who you see the success in, and at Texas A&M last year, you saw that same success from the, from the defense of Ole Miss in 2021. Uh, they were just a ferocious defense, and that's what D.J. Durkin is going to give, uh, as well as a great uh, recruiter who was able to bring in some top-notch defensive prospects. Uh, and this is just exactly what Hugh Freeze needs to do, build a staff that can build a program. And he is doing just that. So, uh, And it looks like that it's going to be a very heavy pass rush uh, next year. And we've of course, seen that uh, Auburn's sack leaders from last year were of course uh, Jalen McLeod and Marcus Harris, who had seven. Marcus Harris who had seven. Jalen McLeod who had five and a half, and then Eugene Asante had five. And then after that, trickles all the way down to two and a half, all the way down the twos and the ones. Uh, you're going to see a lot more blitz packages out of DJ Durkin's front seven. You're going to see probably going to get a lot more sacks and five for Eugene Asante and Jalen McLeod. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see what DJ Durkin can do with this front seven. And especially a lot of fun, what you're going to see a lot of this coaching staff do with the players they're getting. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's a, I, I probably grade this probably a B plus higher. Uh, and I do that uh, preseason wise because it's kind of hard to give A plus hires unless like head coaching hires can typically get those. But I want to see what the product looks like on, during the spring first. And then after that, it'll be like initial grade, B plus. And then let me see how it turns out in the spring. I'll give a grade for that and then so on and so forth. Uh, and then in other football news, we want to give a shout out to Prince Tega Wango, uh, who is on the, I think he's on the injured and reserved list for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is the only Auburn Tiger with a chance to win a Super Bowl ring this year. So huge shout out to Prince Tega uh, for his chance to win two rings in two years. And uh, then the last thing we have for football this weekend is, the, of course, the Reese Senior Bowl, 
where Auburn has four different players attending this year's Senior Bowl and Marcus Harris, Jalen Simpson, DJ James, and Nehemiah Pritchett. And looking at their different draft stocks, it's I'm watching the Senior Bowl because I'm a sicko that loves to watch the Senior Bowl. I really want to see how these guys kind of play out because I think right now as it stands, it goes Jalen Simpson, DJ James, Marcus Harris, Nehemiah Pritchett as like one through four, who's the most likely to get drafted all the way to the least likely. I do think all four of these guys are going to be getting drafted. I definitely just think that Jalen Simpson probably has the highest draft stock. And I think he had a couple of highlights break out uh, yesterday on Twitter, just to get a couple of uh, pass deflections. Uh, but looking at the senior bowl, looking at the four guys who are going to be there, I definitely think that one guy definitely stands out as a chance to race his draft stock. And I list him as last on that list in the Sneemeyer Pritchett. Uh, a dude who we saw in uh, over his course of being an Auburn Tiger uh, had to deal with some injuries. Uh, definitely developed over time. Last year, he had a couple of good plays, but a couple of bad ones, which you're going to get in the secondary, especially one where the defense and the offense just never really mashed well together. Uh, Nehemiah Pritchett, definitely a talented guy, and you see that from Auburn defensive backs a lot. Just the fact that Auburn's pretty underrated in terms of getting defensive backs into the league. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see Nehemiah Pritchett go, and I definitely think if if anybody on this is able to raise their draft stock anymore, it's going to be Nehemiah Pritchett. Uh, I I think he's around a day three grade is where they're really looking at him. I, I think a good senior bowl and a good, uh, of course, a good uh, words are difficult today. Uh, NFL Combine will definitely benefit because I think all four of these guys are going to the NFL Combine, so pretty much guarantee they're getting drafted. But Nehemiah Pritchett, a guy who uh, is going to be the faster guy out of the four. Uh, he's a man-to-man kind of guy. I compared DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett. I compared Nehemiah Pritchett to Jabel Dean. I, on the faster side of things, as taller, has a longer wingspan, definitely can get in, get inside and make life rough for wide receivers. So I definitely think that if, a, if the right coach can get a hold of Pritchett, can definitely mold him into a – I don't want to say like a Pro Bowl cornerback, but he definitely has a talent to get there. Uh, but definitely a, a a guy who is going to contribute right away for a team. And that's just – I'm going to say that regardless because I just think Auburn has been very good at getting defensive backs in the league. Like I think I think DJ James, Jalen Simpson – I think Jason can possibly be a starter in his first couple games because that's just how good I think Jalen Simpson is. We see that with Daniel Thomas and the Jacksonville Jaguars, a guy who – didn't get drafted high. I mean, I think Jason is going to go like round three. Uh, a guy like D- Daniel Thomas, who kind of went round five to the Jags and didn't really do much for a little bit and then emerged out of nowhere as one of their top playmakers who just gets these interceptions. And then they're Rudy Ford for the Packers. Uh, and Rudy didn't even start off with the Packers. I believe he started off with the Cardinals and then went to the Packers. And now he's a, 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 a very good role player in the backfield who, again, gets his turnovers and makes those plays. So, yeah, I think Nehemiah Pritchett definitely has the most to gain from from Pro Day or from the Senior Bowl. Uh, most to lose, I would probably have to go DJ James. Uh, I I, def- I think he has a a lot of talent as well. I, I, I think it's just because it's a loaded defensive back class that he could fall behind if his senior day – if his senior bowl isn't uh, the best, but – Definitely look at those two. Marcus Harris, I think, is probably the most complete player on on this list, uh, just because he's just so darn good. So I expect Marcus Harris and Jalen Simpson probably be the first two off the board, and then DJ James, Nehemiah Pritchett, and then probably about it. 
Uh, but yeah, shout out to the Senior Bowl. If you are watching, let me know. Also, uh, we're what now two weeks away from the from the Super Bowl. Go ahead and give me Super Bowl predictions. If you do, you think Prince Tag is going to be getting his second Super Bowl in two years or not? And now, before we get to basketball, we want to let y'all know: go ahead and like, comment, and subscribe on the show. And it's the best way to support us and everything that we do over here at the College Loop. And if you want another way to support the show, we have merch. If you're looking for a beautiful shirt to get your significant other for Valentine's Day, we have our own War Porter-sponsored College Loop Feeling Loopy t-shirts. Come in five different colorways, only 25 bucks on the warport.com. Go to the shop. It's on the first page of the shop. Again, only $25, and it's going to be the most comfortable shirt that you ever wear in your entire life. That is a guarantee. I don't think there's a single shirt out there that I would consider more comfortable than the Feeling Loopy T-shirt. So get yours today, only $25. If you don't want to type in, if you want to type the warport.com in the bar up above, we have the link down below to go click. It takes you right to the shirt. And, of course, whenever you get your shirt, Take a picture of yourself wearing it. Post it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, anything. Send us an email with it. Make sure that you have hashtag feeling loopy in the caption of the post. That way we know that you're feeling loopy in your feeling loopy shirt. And with that, Auburn basketball has completed a sweep on the season. They have swept the Vanderbilt Commodores in a huge win for a team that was coming off of a 2 game losing streak beating Vanderbilt 81 to 54 behind a couple of stellar performances Jalen Williams scores 21 points in yet another game against the Vanderbilt Commodores now 42 points combined in two games versus Vanderbilt but a huge a huge game coming out from Denver Jones 19 points shot 50 percent from the three-point line in a game that was just a, a coming out party for Denver Jones, uh, just a game where he finally stepped up and showed off why he got recruited out of you, out of I'm blanking on everything on FIU. Uh, Denver Jones just absolutely went ballistic shooting six for 11 from the field, 34 from free throw line. And again, 19 points. Janai Broom also putting up 16 points and 11 rebounds, another double, double for Janai Broom. And this roster change that we saw, uh, Trey Donaldson, uh, I believe, is now taking over Aiden Holloway's spot as a starting point guard, which I think works out pretty well. Because Aiden Holloway has been on a little bit of a, uh, I say a little bit, a lot of bit of a slump. Uh, today in 15 minutes, Aiden Holloway shot 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 5 from the three-point line, and scored one point from the and put up three rebounds. Uh, just not the Aiden Holloway we saw early on in the season. I know we talk about a lot about how they should kind of start preparing him to probably stay another year. Uh, Cause starting off the year, we definitely looked at, at Aiden Holloway as a guy who could be a one and done, but uh, this slump has just been brutal for Aiden Holloway. And it's not that he doesn't have the talent. It's just, he's it's the freshman in him is really showing. And it's not anything against him. It's just whenever you're looking at, where this team can go, it's definitely going to be by the benefit the benefit of better guard play. That's what hurt Auburn last year in the 2022 team as well was the guard play just wasn't there and really hurt those teams. And now you have Trey Donaldson, you have Katie Johnson, you have Aiden Holloway, and of course you have uh, a lot of uh, blanking on all these names. I'm so sorry, it's late. 
<laughs> uh, you have Denver Jones. Uh, you're just seeing a better mesh with Trey Donaldson on the court. Uh, he's putting up two, only two points, but seven rebounds, five assists uh, for Trey Donaldson. Just really facilitating the ball very well. Of course, applying on the defensive side of the ball as well. And his plus minus is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I believe his plus minus was in the 30s uh, is what I saw. Uh, Trey Donaldson, 37 in the plus minus. And even goes further to say that Trey Donaldson uh, should be the starting point guard. But Chris Moore, I think it's probably time to give him a Chris Moore experiment. A zero points for yet another game. Put up, got five rebounds as well, but and also got a block. But Chad Baker Mazzara has been putting in more minutes than Chris Moore has. He's been putting up more points. Has been doing just more overall. Uh, Chad Baker Mazzara, eleven points, five rebounds, had, and of course shot very well. Fifty uh, percent from the field for Chad Baker Mazzara. I and I just think overall he's just a guy who just does more for this team. Had four assists as well, a facilitator. And I, I understand the respect. Chris Moore does play his role well. Uh, he's a defensive player through and through. Does not really do much on the offensive end. Never gonna light up the box score. And I understand that Auburn goes into the goes into this mantra of it's our ten versus your ten, and our ten's always gonna come out on top. But as the season prolongs itself, how likely are is Bruce Pearl to look at Chris Moore and guys like uh, the Leor Berman? And it hurts me to say that because I love Leor Berman as key contributors to this team. And Leor had a pretty decent game defensively. Uh, he stepped up and with five points. But looking at the season ahead, the the schedule does not get any better. It does not get any easier. They play Ole Miss in a couple couple of days, and that game is going to be in Oxford, and that's going to be a quad one game. Auburn still has yet to get a quad one win on the season, so it's going to be interesting to see how that game comes about because you're going against Alan Flanagan yet again, but this time you're going to be going against him in Oxford, and that game is of course on the third. So. I'll go ahead and get a little preview for that. Of course, we've already previewed this Ole Miss team before, but we did not have to deal with them in Oxford. And Matthew Merle is, of course, going to be the guy you're going to look out for. 16 points a game for Matthew Merle. And you also have Alan Flanagan leading the team in rebounds. And it's going to be partially the same game we saw last time these two teams played, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as it was. Uh, Auburn won 82-59, but as we've seen thus far in this in this season, Auburn's just a different team whenever they're not playing in Neville Arena. Uh, last week, you saw that. Two games that were away, two losses that were just really embarrassing. Lost to Alabama by four and lost to Mississippi State by six. Uh, just embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing. And looking at this game, you have Ole Miss and you have Alabama, then you have Florida. That's just three tough games in a row for Auburn, especially because Florida has just been a nightmare for Auburn to play uh, under Bruce Pearl. Just a trip the night, really. But looking at, at this game, uh, this is going to be a, another watch out for Alan Flanagan game. Uh, definitely a game where he can step up and show out again in front of his former team, and this time he has the, the stands behind him. I know he got booed. Uh, and Neville Arena, which I wasn't really for. Uh, I understand that the mantra that he dipped on your team. So, yeah, you got to hate him. But I don't, I don't think that applies to every player. Uh, I, he left graciously as well, uh, him and Wes both. Uh, but I definitely think that Alan Flanagan is definitely going to be on uh, 
hot streak alert. Uh, whoever's guarding him is going to have the is going to have their hands full, and I do believe it's probably going to be Chad Baker Mazzara on him uh, as well. But Auburn also switches off a lot, so it's going to be a tough game. Matthew Murrow, of course, putting up sixteen a game, only put up eight last time. But again, Auburn's a completely different team in Neville Arena uh, than they are anywhere else. So this game's going to be a lot closer to eight two fifty nine. Right now, I'm going to give Auburn the the win. I'm going to say Auburn, I'm going to say 70 to 65. I think Auburn gets a five-point win in a tougher environment. This is a better Ole Miss team than than we've seen in the years past. Uh, definitely not the team they were at the beginning of the year that people are, all thought they were, and that's just probably me hating a little bit. Uh, but I definitely Auburn's going to get a close win, and it's going to be very important to get that win because right after Ole Miss, you welcome back Alabama into Neville Arena to prevent a sweep from happening. So it's going to be a tough game. Uh, I definitely think Auburn needs to make sure they get this game down because uh, the quad one wins need to pile up, and they're going to, but it'd be it's better to do it now than wait. Uh, so another tough game to look out for. Uh, and then other Auburn basketball news. Uh, in the NBA, the Rising Stars Challenge, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler are reunited yet again as they are going to be on the sophomore team playing against the freshmen or the rookies. So huge shout out to those two balling out and getting recognized in the Rising Stars game. And it's still going to be a lot of fun to watch those two ball out together again. Uh, I won't be previewing women's basketball versus South Carolina, which I believe is tonight as the show comes out uh, because Harrison Tarr and Jacob Hillman covered that game. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I definitely don't. I don't. I don't think Auburn is going to get the win there. Uh, I think that if they get hot, they can. This game being in Neville Arena, if the media team does does what they do best and prioritize getting the fans in the stands, Auburn is of course undefeated in a crowd of six thousand or more in Neville Arena under Coach Jay, and of course against under anybody. Uh, I think South Carolina is going to win this game i think it's going to be probably in i'm gonna say 75 to 63 and i know auburn has gotten the upsets before the season they beaten lsu and they've beaten alabama and they've beaten georgia but the south carolina team is the, probably the best team in women's basketball right now so definitely a team to watch out for uh just because they're that darn good uh, definitely probably the favorite to win the net, win the national championship yet again. Uh, but yeah, I think Auburn's going to lose that game, but I definitely think they're going to do it in any manner. That's going to be very impressive. Uh, and and I, this is also a team that's going to be is banking on making the NCAA tournament this year, and they're overachieving in that manner as we speak. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to give South Carolina the win there. Uh, and uh, who knows if the crowd is six thousand or more again. I'll change my prediction before the game. If I was like, oh, this is a lot, there's a lot of people in there, you know, I'll, I'll change it. I'll say Auburn will win for 6,000 because, you know, stats don't lie. 6,000 or more, Auburn's going to win. So if, if the crowd shows up, give me Auburn to win. But uh, I'm going to give South Carolina a point. The, the, my brain, my brain is telling me that South Carolina is going to win the game. But my heart is with Coach Jay and Auburn. Uh, and then baseball news, Baseball America has ranked Auburn baseball at number 23 in the country. That's a good spot uh, for a team that's bringing it back a lot of production. You're losing out of Bryson Ware and a few other guys. But you bring back Joseph Gonzalez, Ike Irish, Chris Stanfield, the works. Uh, this team is going to be very good. This is a team that I think 
if if everything bodes well, knocking on wood, if everybody stays healthy and things work out, and I know that's like the whole thing. If you if you if you score more points to the other team, you win. Uh, I I think that this team can do some damage in in college baseball in the SEC, especially. I think this is going to be a team that's program finished top five in the SEC, uh, and hopefully, maybe praying to 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 God above. Uh, gets a win or two in Huntsville and moves on. Uh, this team is loaded. And especially with the likes of Chris Danfield and Ike Irish, uh, the freshman, now sophomore duo, uh, I, I think this team is going to be way better than it was last year. Uh, and if, and I think they're going to make get a couple of upsets and they're going to beat a couple of teams they probably shouldn't, quote-unquote, beat. Uh, this is definitely a team that college baseball is going to have to learn to respect. Uh, and going to softball, uh, I also look at that as the same way. I, I think this. I think softball is going to finish in the top five of the of the SEC because I'm looking at. Uh, I think I think Tennessee right now. I think is the favorite to win the win the softball, uh, win win the SEC in softball. Uh, but I'm not too. Uh, I I think that losing you know Bree Ellis and and Lindsey Garcia really hurt and Jesse Blaine and all those other, all those other girls who dipped and left Denver Bryant uh, as well. Uh, I think that hurts a lot, but I think that this team was built and, and can really pick up where they, where they left off. Uh, I think Amelia Leck was a great pickup and a Wallers was a great pickup. Uh, they got a lot of great uh, returnees and a, a lot of good signees coming through. Uh, I just, I, I'm probably, I probably bug a little bit more about Auburn softball than I do a lot of other sports, but I definitely think that Auburn softball is going to finish top five in the SEC. And I think that this is going to be a great season for diamond sports. I think they're going to overachieve softball wise and what people were expecting them to do. I think baseball is going to be a little bit better than people or people were saying. And both teams are getting respect from, from all the preseason polls, both of them top 25 teams, Auburn softball as high as 19 and, course baseball in the 20s uh definitely where they should be to start off the season but i definitely i uh they'll be a lot uh a lot higher uh by season's end uh, as long as they stay true to you know who they are as as teams and their brands maddie penta and joseph gonzalez are some of the best pitchers in their respective sports so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them go out and show out this year and then last bit of auburn news there is a quad meet this Friday in Neville Arena, Auburn is taking on Fisk, Talladega, and Temple uh, at 7 o'clock. So be there, uh, or be square kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if they'll be televised. Uh, I don't know if these quad meets against the smaller schools usually are. Uh, but if if you can go, I would highly recommend it. Auburn Gymnastics is a lot of fun to go watch. Uh, they're fresh off of a very close loss to Arkansas. Uh, and they're due for a win. And I think that they come out and they get three here beating all three of these teams because they desperately need that before Alabama on February 9th. I will be at the Iron Bowl of Gymnastics. I will go ahead and specify that. Uh, was I able to go to, I believe the Kentucky meet was where I said I was going to go, but that got pushed back. And we are, I am going to be at the Alabama-Auburn gym meet on February 9th. So if you see me there, it's going to be at 8 p.m. next Friday. Uh, say hi. Uh, but yeah, Auburn has a quad meet on this Friday 
at 7 o'clock p.m. And I really do expect Auburn to win. Uh, it comes down to can they get consistent at all four rotations? Uh, we've seen earlier in the season it was the vault, and then it was the beam, and then it was the bars against Arkansas. Uh, hopefully it does not span this, this disease of being inconsistent spreads to the floor. Uh, but I, I think this, this quad meet is a great opportunity for Auburn to get right after a couple of meets not going their way. And something that Grave has always talked about, and I say this every time we talk about Auburn gymnastics, it, it's gymnastics again is a sport that you don't need to win for to get the recognition. Auburn, of course, their losses coming to the number four team, the number seven team, the number nine team, the number eight team, the number seven team in, in the countries and getting a win over number five UCLA was huge in, in that super 16 quad meet. Uh, so don't let the losses fool you. This is a very good gym, gym team and they're again playing in the toughest sport or toughest conference for any sport. Uh, maybe except for basketball. Uh, but you shout out to women's gym, to gymnastics this weekend. Uh, and again, if you can, go check it out. They're a lot of fun. They always sell out. Uh, standing room only is fine. It's only You're only there for an hour and a half. So if you can go, go check it out. A lot of fun. But with that, that's all I have for you tonight or this morning it, when you're watching this. Uh, but of course, I'm Dillnark Able Tank on Twitter slash X. It's going to be at YABOY the tank. Also, right there, if you're looking for it, you'll also find me on Instagram as well at Dillnark at D Y L E N L E R C K. And of course, if you need those down below, my Twitter handle is in the link description below, as well as the Feeling Loopy t shirt link where you can go click it and go straight to the Feeling Loopy t shirt and get your own shirt today. Again, most comfortable shirt you are ever going to wear in your entire life. But of course, if you're going to look for me here, you're going to be at the College Loop. It's going to be, I'm not going to spell it out for you, but we're, we're a little day everywhere. Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, The Works, all of those at The College Loop. Shows coming out every Tuesday, Thursday with a live stream on Sunday evenings. So make sure that if you're wanting to stick around, subscribe. If you also want to find us on the audio version of the show as well, we're on Spotify, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Make sure to give us some likes, give us some five stars, give us some thumbs up, whichever serve, whichever like promotion service year those apps provide. Uh, but all that being said, thank you all for tuning in. And this has been the college loop podcast. <laughs>